You are Locked On Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. We're listening to the Locked On Broncos podcast, hosted by Cody Rourke and Cameron Parker of Predominantly Orange, your daily Broncos podcast. What's happening, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Locked On Broncos podcast, your daily bite-sized podcast over here at the Locked On NFL Network, giving you the best news, insight, and coverage into all things orange and blue related. Very stoked, as always, to be back with you guys for another episode of the show. I'm your host, Cody Rourke, NFL analyst covering the Denver Broncos and the rest of the league, as well as a Broncos insider for the Locked On NFL Network. And I also do some work here. we got a website launching, CodyRourkeNFL.com. It's going to be up here in the next month. A lot of really cool things. We're going to be doing some video production content every single day, talking Broncos and NFL over there, CodyRourkeNFL.com. Today's episode of the show, I hope you guys are enjoying your morning commute to work on this beautiful Thursday day. It's getting warmer. That means football is getting one step closer to becoming a reality for every single one of us. I know I've been dreading the offseason, but you know what? We're halfway through there. Everything's about to get real interesting following the NFL draft, which is going to be going on here in a couple weeks. We're going to have exclusive coverage, reaction, as well as to who the Broncos pick at pick number 10. Or if they decide to trade the pickup to trade up, they could do that or to trade back. The opportunities are endless for all these teams, and the NFL landscaping is becoming a little bit more clearer, and it's almost guaranteed now that you can expect the Arizona Cardinals to take Kyler Murray with the first pick, and that means they'd probably trade Josh Rosen away. Not really sure if I would buy that. I mean, in terms of, I don't see, that's not a very smart move from a franchise standpoint. I mean, from a fan base, everyone's buying into the hype of Kyler Murray, and you know what, he's a great athlete, but I still think it's going to be interesting. So keep an eye on the Chargers, a team being in the AFC West that could potentially trade for Josh Rosen. On today's episode of Lockdown Broncos, we're going to get into segment number one, our daily Broncos rundown. Our Broncos thought of the day, we talked to Broncos country about which player or players that they were looking forward to seeing improve and take the next step in their game in 2019. A lot of great discussion. We're going to answer some of the best responses with some avid listeners of Locked On Broncos and the NFL community in segment number one. In segment number two and three, we're going to hear from Broncos defensive lineman Shelby Harris. He joins the podcast to talk about his career in the NFL, the ups, the downs, the triumphs, the blood, sweat, and tears he's pumped into it. Very, very awesome guy. Really nice dude to have here on the podcast. Very excited about that. So Broncos country, we've had a big week here on the Locked On Broncos podcast. So we're going to get into segment number one right now with our daily Broncos rundown. Now we went to Twitter and we asked Broncos country and our thought of the day, which Broncos player currently on the roster do you look forward to watching progress in the year 2019? And I tell you, we had a ton of responses and they're all great. And you know, I think a lot of it too is it really attests that there's a lot of young talent on this Broncos team that has a lot of people excited. I'm excited about it because it's key to have your young guys alongside your veterans. I mean, the Broncos still have their veteran guys, but they do have a lot of young guys that will be contributing and that were significant role players on their team in 2018. So it's going to progress even further. And we're to start off with Colin Anderson says Will Parks absolutely I love Will Parks Will Parks is a guy I just did an article over there predominantlyorange.com if you guys haven't had a chance to go check it out but Will Parks is coming for everything in the year 2019 he has a weekly segment here on the Lockdown Broncos podcast we're always keeping it Will at Lockdown Broncos but one of the things too is his level of focus his mindset 
I'm really excited to see what he can do in Coach Fangio's scheme. I think the Broncos have some big plans for him, and that's going to be an interesting thing to watch because, you know, look, Justin Simmons, Will Parks, they're veterans for this Broncos team now. In that safety room, they are now considered veterans, and they have a big, big year in store ahead of them. Justin Simmons, I think, is going to have a great year. Will Parks is going to have a breakout year as well. The Broncos will be coming back with a vengeance in 2019. I strongly believe that on the defensive side of the ball. Carlos Curry says, Cortland Sutton, Isaac Yadam. I really want to see Isaac Yadam bounce back big time. I felt as if kind of the, the fire that he was thrown into last season, you know, a lot of people want to, you know, look at Isaac Adams' performance in 2018 under a really strong microscope. But think about it this way, too. Good cornerbacks give up passes still. I mean, it's not like you don't see it in the NFL the way the offensive rules are tailor-made to benefit the, the offensive side of the ball. In terms of cornerbacks and defense, you could have great coverage, but a receiver can still catch the ball. That doesn't mean that the corner is a bad player. Isaac Yadam has so much upside and potential. I just don't see the Broncos. I mean, Kayvon Webster posted a, a tweet on Snapchat, like a screenshot of a text between him and his agent, said the Broncos are the most interested. Well, Kayvon Webster has interest from a lot of NFL teams, and more than likely the Broncos being listed as one that he posted a screenshot with. Look, there's ties there, but does it really make sense in terms of depth? Not really. So really the Broncos name being mentioned, and especially with the defensive tools that they do have right now, that will generate more interest for Kayvon Webster from some other NFL teams. So I would be absolutely shocked based on what I've been told if Kayvon Webster comes back to Denver. And I, what would that do with Isaac Adam and his confidence? You know, being a guy in, in the league, we heard from Mario, you know, being a young guy and having his first year and going through the ups and downs of the NFL life and getting your first year under your belt. And all of a sudden, you know, they, they talk about getting another player. I just think that would do everything to destroy his confidence. I mean, that just says you're, you're pretty much almost giving up on him if you're going to make him bump him down to maybe the fourth or the fifth corner. It just doesn't make sense from a standpoint of the draft and, and where the Broncos had gotten him. Driscoll Jones says, Joe Jones. I think this is a name that not a lot of people are talking about, and here's a good reason why. He's underrated. He's, he reminds me a lot of Wesley Woodyard. I love his knack and his tendency to, to find the ball on special teams. He's a guy that makes tremendous plays there on the punt team, on kickoff, kick return. I mean, he's a guy that you can plug in anywhere. And Tom McMahon, special teams coordinator for the Broncos, absolutely loves Joe Jones. Now, can he take a bigger step into the Broncos scheme of things in defensively 2019? I think so. He, he stepped into that Baltimore Ravens game. He actually did pretty good in coverage as a coverage inside linebacker. And he also did a good job reading the guard pole and filling his gap. And, you know, there's a learning curve there especially when you don't get a practice, a lot of reps at that position with guys like Brandon Marshall and Todd Davis and Josie Jewell ahead of you. Joseph Jones could be a surprise guy that comes from out of nowhere and, and could end up playing. You know, So don't be surprised. Keep an eye on Joe Jones. He definitely has a big, big role for the Broncos organization in special teams, but he also could contribute defensively. And then we're going to get to Greg Clund. He says, Garrett Bowles and Connor McGovern. I think Bowles and McGovern, it'll be an interesting year to kind of put a microscope on them and watch them how they do with Mike Munchak as their offensive line coach. Garrett Bowles, you know, despite the narrative out there that, you know, a lot of people are labeling him as a bust. I don't believe that. I, I think that he improved drastically last season. The one thing that Garrett Bowles has to do a better job of is just going back to fundamentals and, and fixing some of those errors in his technique that gives up the inside from an outside pass rusher as well as the holding calls. He's got to be able to get his hands inside the frame of defensive players rather than getting on the side and turning them. That That's where the penalties come in, and he had too many last season. So he's got to clean that up a little bit. Carney Daddy says, there's a lot, but Royce Freeman has to be the big one for me. We know Lindsey is a great talent, but I got a feeling in my gut that Freeman can evolve to match him or come close. And, and yes, and, and here's a great, great point too. Before 
and I, and I go back to this. Before Royce Freeman got hurt, him and Philip Lindsay were a very, very dynamic duo between the both of them. And we saw a breakout game for both of them against the Kansas City Chiefs on Monday Night Football. Unfortunately, the Broncos lost that game. But we saw the resiliency of Royce Freeman and, and how hard it was to really bring him down on a tackle that extended plays and picked up first downs. And Philip Lindsay is a guy that will absolutely gash you. I mean, when a defense is tired, you want to wear a defense down with a guy like Royce Freeman, big physical, can run in between the tackles. And then you want to go counter toss the outside plays or just the smash plays on the inside with Philip Lindsay, a guy that's got the speed that will absolutely turn it on and leave a defense in the dust. The Broncos have a good identity that they can formulate around their team in 2019. On the offensive side of the ball, you have two-headed monster at running back. You have to utilize that very, very effectively. Very excited to see how the offensive line grows to make that happen with Mike Munchak. Cross-eyed Miles says, Tim Patrick, hot take. He will challenge Cortland Sutton for wide receiver one. I So here's the thing. Emmanuel Sanders will still be wide receiver one. Cortland Sutton will be wide receiver two as long as Emmanuel Sanders is on the team. But Tim Patrick, I think he will have a really big year. Now, it, the history for these teams goes back to when the Broncos went to San Francisco and they had joint training camp practices. Tim Patrick was on the, the San Francisco 49ers at that time. Now he's a member of the Broncos and, and he really stepped into a big role last season for the Broncos on special teams and, and coming in big late. I I mean, the, the catch that he had uh, against the Oakland Raiders that set up the game-winning field goal and that Week 2 matchup, that was absolutely big. He's a guy that can go up and, and rise over coverage, rise over shorter defensive backs, and make a play with the football. He's got the size, in my opinion, to be a very good player that Joe Flacco can rely as a jump ball or maybe even that back shoulder throw. Tim Patrick is a guy I have a lot of confidence in. C. Lieber, Denver Broncos for Life, says, Jano, exclamation points. Yes, we all love Janovich. Janovich, you're like, trust me, inject Andy Janovich blocks into my veins. I am with it all day. Or even wheel routes with Janovich. Give me more Jano. If we could have 22 Janos, as Brock Olivo alluded to, the world would be a better place. Brandon Miller says, Garrett Bowles, Corton Sutton, Deshaun Hamilton, Isaac Adam, Josie Jewell. So outside of Bowles, you know, you really have some younger guys that you want to see step up. They had great rookie seasons. Now they got to transition that into a sophomore season performance there. And, and look, I, I think they're all going to be evaluated equally under Coach Fangio. They're going to do that once they get onto the field and get some camp work and drill work and, and maybe a line up a little bit and install scheme a little bit before training camp. I mean, the Broncos are going to report earlier to training camp than any other NFL team because they play in the Hall of Fame game. C. Stevens, my man, as always, says Demarcus Walker. You know, another guy that hasn't really been talked about. I mean, we talk about defensive line. We have Zach Kerr for the Broncos. We have Jeff Holland and Von Miller and Bradley Chubb, Derek Wolf, Shelby Harris, and then there's Demarcus Walker. You know, I, I, I'm glad you brought this up because, to be honest with you, if you didn't bring it up, not a lot of people would mention the name Demarcus Walker, a guy that really hasn't gotten a real chance to kind of showcase what he's able to do. His first year, they moved into a position that he shouldn't have been playing, that outside backer. They moved him back to D-line. That's where he's got to be. He can provide the Broncos with the versatility that Coach Fangio had asked, and that can obviously make some big, big things happen for him going forward. So we're going to continue in segment number two, getting here just a little bit, going off a few more responses from Broncos country on which players they want to see break out in 2019. But before we get to that, i got to remind you guys, you already subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Now you can subscribe to the Lockdown Broncos podcast on the Himalaya podcast app. Go to your app store, download it, subscribe, and take Lockdown Broncos with you wherever you go. You can even tell your smart assistant, hey, play podcast Lockdown Broncos. 
We're going to keep pushing through the breakout players that Broncos fans want to see here in segment number two before we get into Shelby Harris's interview here with the Lockdown Broncos podcast. Cesar Omar BTS says it's kind of boring, but Jeff Hireman checks his box on someone I'd like to see improve in 2019. Joe Flacco loves spreading the ball to tight ends, and that guy better be ready for what's coming. I'm sure the team will take a baller at tight end in the draft. Jeff's got a target on his back. And, and you know, competition does bring out the best in a lot of people. The Broncos have to maybe look at this year's tight end class being very deep in the draft. The Broncos could get a tight end in the second round. I mean, they could get a, a you know really good tight end in the first round. But do you want to spend a first-round pick on a tight end? I still believe that's a risky, risky position. I think ch- taking defensive players with your first-round pick or a solidified stud offensive player that you know will have success in the NFL, I think that's a little bit more of a safer route. Tight end, it's always a risky move when you try to make that thing. So, but yes, definitely. I think the Broncos will add another tight end in this year's draft. And, you know, you got to have some competition around because take a look at it. You got to find that guy that's going to be a playmaking tight end. Jake Butt could be that guy. Jeff Hireman could be that guy. They have the health concerns. They're battling. They're trying to get, you know, get back in the health of being healthy. That's a hard thing for a lot of people. And, you know, and I think people on social media are very hard on injured athletes. You know, as much as anything, those athletes wish they could be on the field. But unfortunately, sometimes they can't. That's the nature of the game. It's a tough, tough business. Matty Mool's pod says Cortland Sutton for sure. He's going to be in the Pro Bowl conversation before long. Cortland Sutton again. Mile high money, 38. Jamal Carter. Yes, I love Jamal Carter. Jamal Carter is another guy in that safety room alongside DeMonte Thomas and Will Parks that I think can excel in multiple roles on this team. And with Coach Fangio, he's not going to have guys just stay at one position necessarily, I think, except for Justin Simmons. I think we're going to see Jamal Carter play some inside backer a little bit, some dime linebacker. He's going to do a lot of different things for this team. And one of the biggest things is I think he's got the versatility to be a special player. So Jamal Carter, definitely a guy to keep an eye on as well. C. Hustle, the NFL analyst analyst. I'm waiting to make his list there. He says, I'm ready for Tim Patrick to go the F off. I can't say that word, but yes. Tim Patrick, getting a lot of love here on the Lockdown Broncos podcast. Ward KC63 says, one, it's hard to pick out, but Connor McGovern at center would be first. Position-wise, the entire offensive line. So many questions on offense. Then we have Tylen Lampkin, Demonte Thomas, Christopher Allen says Jeff Holland, Young Lit Nation says Sua Cravens. He can round out the secondary. Jeff Baldwin says... Corlin Sutton, Mexican Broncos says Sutton and Yadam, Cali Orange and Blue. I want to see Deshaun Hamilton progress. King Nug says jo- uh, Bradley Chubb or Josie Jewell. Alexander says Philip Lindsay. Malhai Memory says Vaughn Miller. It'd be interesting to see. He just celebrated his 30th birthday. His happy birthday, Vaughn. Him and I, you know, I, I like to say maybe a little bit of a difference is Vaughn Miller and I's birthdays are a few days apart. I could put that on my resume. So, yes, Vaughn Miller just turned 30. It'd be very interesting to see what type of step he can take. With Coach Fangio, I know there's been a lot of talk from Coach Fangio that he thinks that Von Miller can play even better, and the thought of that is absolutely scary. Thomas Hislop says, I am excited for seeing Jamal Carter back on the field and making jumps. Everyone heard it here first. He's going to be back, and he's going to surprise some, but I want to see Justin Simmons and Philly Wheel jump to the next level as well as our secondary. It is going to be epic this season. I absolutely agree with you. Derek Johnson says, all of them, just being honest. Stephen Curtis, Chubb, Sutton, but if healthy, are all great answers. Josie Jewell is the one for me. I think with Fangio and his own base D, he can excel and be a Pro Bowl level player. I absolutely believe that he can. Patrick Chiodi says, I really want to see the growth of Sutton and Hamilton in year two, especially with Flacco instead of Keenan. I think with you know with the addition of Joe Flacco over Case Keenum, it can be something that, you know, they might take a really big step. 
I like the fact that, you know, with, with Deshaun Hamilton, he's a guy that will excel in the slot. I think he'll be a good third down target for Joe Flacco to throw to. Cortland Sutton will be that big play guy. He's got a better touch on his deep balls than Case Keenum did. I feel like Cortland Sutton will have a big year, but I'd like to see Cortland Sutton evolve more in his route running as well. Gary DeVolt says, all of last year's draft class, particularly the wide receivers and Josie Jewell. Timothy Pierce has got to be Bradley Chubb, but I also expect Royce Freeman to have a big sophomore season. Love his running style. Improved offensive line will help him and Lindsey both. Then we got Bulls on offense, and we got Justin Simmons, Cortland Sutton. We got more of Cortland Sutton, Royce Freeman. We just got everybody. Jeremiah Ziegler, Will Parks. Mark Chalking says Drew Locke. I see what you did there. And then our two boys says would love Brandon Langley to make it on the 53 as a receiver, but also be a solid return man in the kicking game. I know I'm asking for a lot, but I like an underdog who's got a chance. And I think Brandon Langley has a great chance to make the team. If it's not a receiver, it's on special teams. And then he can continue to excel in a role in there similar to what the Patriots and other guys have done. Like he could be that Kayvon Webster type guy that Kayvon was when he was on the Broncos. AJ Atencio says, like the answers here from everybody, that's what happens when you have a lot of young talent. You can't go wrong with Cortland Sutton and Will Parks. We got a hundred, 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 a ton of responses to that, and we got through almost all of them. But we got to get to our interview here with Shelby Harris coming up here in segment number three. But I got to remind you guys. The NBA playoffs are coming up, and Adamatas and Lockdown Nuggets have you covered. Look, as the Nuggets make to make this final stretch to try to secure the one seed to secure home court advantage, they got a tough road game this Friday against the Oklahoma City Thunder, and then they got to play the Houston Rockets. And a lot of that is for positioning home court because the Rockets are behind the Nuggets, and the Rockets are on fire right now. They're a very, very good team. James Harden scoring a lot of points. The Nuggets have got to find a way to be consistent, to hold on to leads, and maintain that rather than give them up. They had a 27-point lead against the Detroit Pistons, and they blew it. And they almost lost late in that game at home in Denver. Adam Adas has a scoop on the yokel and hide mentality that the Denver Nuggets have possessed. Welcome back, everybody, to Locked On Broncos, your daily Broncos podcast here at the Locked On NFL Network. We're joined by Broncos defensive lineman Shelby Harris, and, and I tell you what, he's got a great personality on the field as well as off the field, and we are very excited to have Shelby here on the show today. Shelby, how you doing, my man? Man, I'm good, man. Thanks for having me. Much appreciated, man. Absolutely. And, you know, one thing we were talking about, you know, over the the climb of this last, you know, the offseason is always a slow time. And, and one thing that Broncos country was talking about is players that they're looking forward to seeing the most in 2019. And and a, a big consensus of Broncos country brought up Shelby Harris. And here's the here's the thing why, you know, we, when you go back and we watch film, I always encourage listeners and and the people that are truly love this sport of football. I, I encourage them to watch film. And when you go and you watch on film, you know, Shelby, one thing that you've been able to provide in your career in Denver and, and just as you've gotten older into your career in the National Football League is your ability to do a lot of things, to be versatile, to play either on the edge in a, in a five technique on the outside defensive end or even interior on the defensive line, D-tackle on a one technique or a two technique. You've got the ability to do all that, and we've seen you grow over the last couple of years. Yeah, man, I love it. I, uh, You know, honestly for me, I, you know, the NFL stands for not for long. And so it's all about the more you can do. And so I pride myself on being able to play the five and then even go play nose, you know, like it's, it's something that, you know, I feel like not everyone can do. And so, and so, you know, just put myself in that group. It, it's, it's a great feeling because, you know, it's not, I feel like it's not that I necessarily, it, I feel like there's no drop off on any, any of those positions that I play. And so, and, and that's, you know, it's a, it's a, 
surprising too because you know if you're going against the man in front of you and you never want to you never want to get beat by the man in front of you so no matter where you are in the field I'm talking about you can drop me a safety and I'm over here trying to uh, make the best, make and, you know, make plays out of it. But uh, you know, that's definitely one thing I definitely pride myself on. Well, and one thing, too, with Coach Fangio's defensive scheme, if we go back and look at history and how he's aligned his teams, he usually runs a 3-4 scheme, which you guys are used to running. He says he likes that his defensive linemen can play you know, the, everywhere. They can play on the inside, they can play on the outside, and that right there gives you a distinct advantage because you've already been used to doing that. And I know working with Coach Bill Collar, I mean, you know, he's one of the most intimidating men on the planet. And I, I just remember being there at Broncos training camp, and you could hear him, like from the media section and D-line, and they're all the way on the other side. Side, you could hear Bill Collar and his intensity over there, and, and sure, having a coach like that, I'm sure, helps push it a little bit. I can't even imagine getting Bill Collar and Coach Fangio in the same exact room. What kind of intensity that may be? Man, you know, Bill's a different type of coach. <laughs> I tell you, Bill's he's a different type of guy, you know, but yeah, he, uh, he just he's working to try to get the best out of me as a player, and you know, just hearing all these great things I've heard about uh, Vic Fangio. Uh, I can only I, I can't wait to you know try to see what what we have in store for next season. Uh, Bill, like you know, Bill's always going to work us. We always, like you said, you were at camp. The D line we're working twenty four seven. You know, even the special teams are over here working and <laughs> dying. But you know, at the end of the day, it, it, it translates to the games. And so I can't wait to add Vic Fangio's influence onto it to see what else is going to you know make that next big jump for next year. And you play alongside some very, very tough guys. You know, you get veteran presence, a guy like Derek Wolf. we were talking about a little bit before we got started here on the show, and, and as well as Domata Peko, a veteran that has definitely been, uh, you know, I'd say a fan favorite, but also somebody that is very intense on the D-line. What is it like working alongside those two guys, and what have you learned from them? Um, you know, it's just, uh, you know, I really can say from Domata, the, most, the biggest thing I learned from him was uh, how to be a pro. You know, because, you know, watching – the old man in practice, you know, you still see him sprinting to the ball. You still see him or giving a hundred percent effort all the time. It makes you wonder, like, why can't why can't everyone do that? This man, this man's thirteen years in, and 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 is still doing all that stuff. And then when it comes to Wolf, you no, know, Wolf really like he helps out, you know, more on the one on one stuff. When you're talking with one on one about your plan, about how you're going to attack somebody, and about the inside scoop on O lineman. You know, he's been around. He's been around for a while, so, you know, he's played against pretty much every center guard tackle in the league so far. So, you know, you know, every veteran gives you a different type of, you know, in, like insight into what they think. And so that's the biggest thing I feel like. You know, honestly, it's funny because my rookie year, I was with Antonio Smith, Justin Tuck, you know, all, and that's what I'm saying. Like, I've always been surrounded by real vets that, uh, you know, take pride in helping the younger guys out and uh, trying to make everyone improve. You know, in your career, too, you know, we, we were talking about a little bit earlier, you know, sometimes once you get into the NFL, I mean, it's hard to make it to the NFL in general, but the fact once you make it, it, it requires a lot of the work that you put in. You know, being drafted to Oakland in the seventh round, coming into there and, and, and kind of going against those expectations of, you know, look, I get to play for a professional football team. You know, things didn't work out quite in Oakland. You know, what is it like in terms of being an athlete once you first get into the league, when you face some of that adversity in your career, how do you respond from that? And what is the biggest takeaway that you've gotten? Because 
because you went from Oakland, you've been to the Jets, you've been to the Cowboys, and then you really kind of found a place and home in Denver where you've absolutely taken to the liking of Broncos fans, as well as you've been a great fit for the scheme. What is that like going through some of that adversity and seeing how that's paid off based on performing now at a high level? You know, it's hard to really put into words. Uh, you know, being cut uh, all the time from Oakland, it, it, it's, every time you get cut, it's pretty much telling you you're not good enough. Or we don't think you're good enough. That's the biggest key. They don't think you're good enough. And so the biggest thing is you have to keep that faith in yourself. Because if you don't believe in yourself, no one else will. And so, you know, getting cut in Oakland, getting cut in the Jets, and then my third year in the league, not being on a team until week 16, you know, it, there was definitely times where I really felt like hanging it up. You know, it's just all the heartbreak, all, all like, just all the turmoil of getting cut and trying to find a new home. And, you know, it really, it hurts. And, and so, it, it, you know, really it's, it, it was real tough. But, you know, for me, it's all about the support system you have. Like, my family... My wife, my kids, everyone—they really, you know, you got to look at it as I—I I had to provide for them. I had—I had to do this for them. And also, the biggest thing for me was if you quit, you don't want to be saying what if. You don't want to be saying. You don't want to keep saying like, "Oh man, I, I wish I could have just kept it going another year. I feel like I could have got a chance." And so then, you know, then playing, the, then the whole Broncos thing happened. And then at first, at first, when I first got here, it wasn't I wasn't supposed to make the team, you know. And then if you listen to all the outside noise, you know, you start giving up. But you know, I just had to keep, I just had to keep going and and keep fighting and, and you know just relying on what I do and my abilities, and, and in order to make the team. And you know, everything has worked out ever since then. But you know, there's a lot of times you know I could have gave up, but you know. There's people depending on me, and I, and you know, I hold myself to a higher standard where I just knew I couldn't. And I think that's really important at the end of the day. You know, one thing, too, is you really did emerge. And, you know, I think that one of the biggest things, too, is when you're trying, when you're in a position group where there is a lot of depth and there are some veteran guys, you know, that can be the intimidating factor. Like, look, you know, no matter what, despite the fact that we're on a team, we're still competing to be on a roster, I have a chance to do it. And one thing we've noticed, Shelby, is that reps and what you do with them are the number one thing. I mean, you could have 40 snaps a game, but it's what you do with those 40 snaps that matter. And so when we look on film, the snaps that you get during the game, you make the most out of every opportunity. And I'd say one of the craziest moments, one of the most exciting moments that I think Broncos fans had experienced in terms of their introduction to who Shelby Harris was, was in 2017 at Monday Night Football Opener against the Los Angeles Chargers. They line up to go for the field goal attempt, and you know you, you emerge through the middle of nowhere, get your hand up, and you block the, the block the kick. What was that moment like for you? Because it was almost a big moment. It's like, wow, prime time, national television, huge, huge moment. You saved the game. Um, you know, it, it really, it validated all the hard work I'd put in. And then it just, you know, the, it's funny because I'm just thinking back to that moment. And it was like, I almost started crying just because it was like, all those times getting cut. All all that hard work, all the sweat, all the, te- all the tears, all the blood. It, it was all for that it was, it was all it, you know it all worked out in that one moment and at the end of the day like obviously that wasn't gonna hold me over my whole career but 
you know, it really, it really just made, it, you, you know, you're on cloud nine after, you know, at that whole time, it was like the whole time I'm just thinking, you know, I want to spend that time with my family because they were there from the beginning when I wasn't even on a team, you know, when, when, when I was getting cut, you know, and when I was on a team my week three, I mean, uh, my third year, and, you know, and then you want to celebrate it with the people who were there grinding with you. This is the same as you were grinding. So that it was just it was a, it was a crazy moment, and it was just like it was definitely just something that um, you know was special for me in my life. Well, and for the Broncos too, you know, you're going to become a, a restricted free agent after this season. What happened was the Broncos offered you a second round tender. That means that they see a lot of promise in you to bring you back. And and I tell you what, we talk about another big moment. I'd say you probably had the biggest week of your life, ideally, when the Steelers came to town. You know, Ben Roethlisberger. They're, they're driving with the final minute to go. They're on the goal line. And all of a sudden, you just see Shelby Harris emerge out of nowhere and steal the ball in the air intended for Antonio Brown. Game over, Broncos win. That was a huge win. But not only that, that's also when you had your daughter at the same exact time, that same week. That was, I can only imagine, probably one of the most memorable things you'll probably have in your career. Oh, I'll never, you know, that right there honestly is my number one moment in my career. You know, I had my baby girl on Friday and, uh, you know, she was three weeks early, but she was healthy. Everything was great. And, and then that Sunday, you know, I felt like I, I played my, one of my most complete games as a pro and it just really, uh, it really all came together. I feel like that week it, uh, it, you know, it's just hard to even talk about it it's because there's so much emotion behind it. It was, it, the ball, I felt like the ball found me, you know. It was just something that was meant to be because it was just, I was on cloud nine. My, like, my little girl was here. She's healthy and her mom was healthy. Everyone's healthy. And, was, you know, the joy of having a kid is just, it's, it's one of it's one I, I love and something you only feel when you have the kid, but then also then the joy of winning another, the joy of winning the game. And it was just, it was definitely on cloud nine, but that, yeah, that right there was definitely uh, my number one moment of my career. And I'm excited to see that hopefully we can have some more big moments in Broncos country. Now, we mentioned 2019 coming up. It's going to be a tough schedule on paper, but the offseason changes haven't even been implemented yet. I know you guys are getting ready to report for OTAs and, and team camp and your offseason program here very shortly, getting to work with the new coaching staff, identifying the new scheme, and, and the culture seems very different in the air around Broncos country right now, which is an exciting thing. How are you going to be approaching this 2019 season? You know, I'm gonna approach it the same way I approached 2017. Like I don't have a job. You know, you gotta, you can't get complacent in this league. Nothing's ever given to you. That's one thing I've definitely learned in this league. So we're gonna go. I'm gonna go in there, and then you know, we're gonna compete every day. No days off. You gotta. And a big, the really the, the biggest thing I can say is you just go in there and act like you don't have a job. Go in there and act like you need to earn that job because you have to earn it every day. It, like nothing. Like every day. You guys get better or worse, and every day I'm trying. I'm just trying to get better every day. Absolutely, and you know one thing I really look forward to, Shelby, is being there, at Broncos training camp, seeing you guys, and hearing Coach Caller yelling with intensity <laughs> from the other side of the field, and, and seeing you guys put in some work, and obviously a you know a lot of unfinished business heading into 2019. I know that you guys are all focused. You guys are getting ready to go. We have the NFL draft coming up here very shortly in the next couple of weeks. The offseason program, and then it's go time because you guys got to report a little early for training camp in July for the Hall of Fame game 
on August 1st. So Shelby, as always, man, I want to thank you so much for taking the time out of your schedule. I know you're enjoying the offseason. Just got back from Mexico. I know you're enjoying the Milwaukee Bucks against the Houston Rockets the other day. You know, one of the things is, is with the offseason coming to a close, we want to thank you for taking the time out of your schedule to jump on and talk Broncos football with us. Yeah, no problem, man. Anytime. Anytime. Want to thank Shelby Harris for taking time out of his schedule, enjoying this part of the offseason. Just got back from vacation from Mexico, so taking time out of his schedule to talk football, talk Broncos, talk career with us was a special treat for you, the listeners of the show. As always, don't forget you can subscribe to the show on the new Himalaya Podcast app alongside Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts. Lockdown Broncos is there. If you guys could go to iTunes and leave a review of the show, please Write a review, leave a five-star review, tell us why you love the show, and we will read it out on air. Appreciate you guys that listen every single day. Lockdown Broncos isn't what it is without the avid fans and supporters that bleed orange and blue. So we'll see you tomorrow for another episode of the show. I'm your host, Cody Rourke. Go Broncos! Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.